Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi guys, welcome to the next episode of the City Confessions. Today I have Alyssa Fernandez de Cordova. I feel like it just rose in my tongue. It's like such a great name. Um, she's an entrepreneur and founder of THB Marketing House, which is a marketing agency, and she can talk more about it uh, later, I guess. Yes. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And why don't you take a second to just introduce yourself and tell people what you do and a little bit about your background. So my name is Alyssa. Um, I'm founder of THP Marketing House, which I think is probably what I'm most well known mm-hmm. for in the industry, um, just because I really put that out there the most. Um, but it's basically just an influencer agency in New York. We focus on influencer activations, um, increasing business for influencers, but also partnering with brands and doing a lot of the um, just regular marketing tactics that people use in in New York for marketing. Um, As far as my relationship with New York, I moved here four years ago, um, actually for my husband. He's my now husband, but he was my boyfriend um, and we were dating for a few years and it just seemed like the right move. Wait, Um, from where? From San Diego. Okay. Sorry, I missed that. So, and are um, you originally from, like, born and raised in California? Yeah. So I'm born in San Diego. I lived there my whole life. I left for college for a few years, moved to L.A. once. That okay. I always came back to San Diego. And then I was kind of just resigned to probably being there forever. It seemed like a really nice place to live, a good place to raise a family. I had a good job there. And then I met, my, met a guy. And um, that... Like, yeah, I was actually traveling to New York. Okay. So I was on a trip wow. with a friend of mine who was a mutual friend of his. And, um, you know, we were all hanging out one weekend. And then we didn't really start dating until like literally three years after we first met. Um, but, you know, it was it's a long story, a very serendipitous, very cool story. But anyways, we started dating and I was in San Diego, very like, I'm doing my own thing. I don't need a man. It's I swear people always say when you're not looking yeah. for someone you meet them because like there was this moment where I was just killing it at work I was finally feeling like so good and strong independently I'm like I have my dream apartment like things were just going so well I'm like you know what I'm just I don't even need a guy I don't even care and then he comes walking into my life I'm like okay great and obviously what a blessing but I mean my life I had to change it completely there was no option for him to ever move to San Diego it was just never going to be in the cards. So I kind of had to make that decision fairly early on in the relationship to be like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, like I really do need to make some changes. And I wasn't entirely happy with the industry that I was in anyway. So ended up being a good, um, a good change, but it was really difficult. Um, it was a difficult transition, but I finally came here and I live in New York now. And then what sparked you to start um, the marketing agency? Because I think that is kind of how we met or yeah. like got close. And I feel like 
you were definitely early on in the game because as we know now, totally. there are so many marketing agencies, so many social media agencies. So originally I started my blog for, not for fun. I always had like very, it was like very strict business minded when I started it because I knew that it would take me places. I just didn't want to define it as like, I'm a blogger. I blog 24 seven. I just knew that if I got online and I put my work out there, that I would kind of learn a lot about myself and what I was good at. And then that would allow people to also see what I was good at and then open up business opportunities for me after, I mean, but I had a job in San Diego. I was an insurance broker. Um, so different than what I'm doing now. Um, and I was doing that and there was, I wasn't making any money blogging. I like not even a dollar. I remember, I think I probably didn't even make a dollar for two and a half years. And when I finally did, it was like $500 for the whole year. You know what I mean? So it was not nearly enough to even justify ever quitting my job. Um, and I got to a point where, again, I had to move to New York and I was like, what am I going to do? I could not New York, New Jersey. And I think like one other state or like the only three states that I could not work in doing insurance. So literally, yeah, the laws are a bit archaic for insurance licensing. So I literally was not able to work in New York. And that was a huge thing for me because that's all I had been doing basically for the last 10 years. Um, but a lot of the things that I learned while I was operating my business in insurance was strategic internet marketing because like, you know, not to toot my own horn, but if you can sell insurance, you can literally sell anything because no one wants it. No one wants to pay for it. It's expensive. It's annoying. Like it's just a burden. So I really kind of refocused. I'm like, okay, with all of the things that I know, it doesn't necessarily need to be that. But then at the same time I'm blogging and I'm not making any money. So how am I going to combine the two of those? So I decided that I would honestly just open up a website. I opened up a sign-up sheet and I reached out probably to like maybe like a hundred people in the first weekend. But then at the end of the weekend, there was already like 400 girls that signed up. And this was before there was like a really big boom. Yeah, there was. I think it was like what, 2017, 2016? It was like 2016, beginning of 2016. Mm -hmm. And I had been working making $20 a post, like literally just Mm -hmm. nothing for these little micro agencies. And I thought, I'm like, that is so easy. Literally all they do is reach out to influencers and they have you come. And it's just, it's so like ABC. Mm -hmm. I could just see it. I'm like, I can totally do that. And the only way that I could justify getting paid more than $20 for a post was to combine my following plus maybe your following and three other girls and be like, go to a brand and say, Hey, I have half a million followers combined and then charge them a fee for like setting it up. So my fees were really low in the beginning, but it was way more than I was ever making. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. I can just group girls together and do group collaborations. So on top of that, then the internet marketing side of it came along and it really just kind of- Like perfect timing. Perfect timing. And then I ended up, um, I was able to still do my job for a little bit here, but it was really difficult with the time difference and then obviously like licensing and everything. So it ended up, there was a little bit of a gap, but otherwise it was basically within a year that I was able to transition from my entire life in California with an entirely different job to marketing and living in New York, which was was crazy. No, it's amazing though. So when you came, did you know anybody? Literally, um, I think two people. Okay. Yeah. I had two friends here and both of one was from college and one was from high school. And, um, one of my friends from college was like moving out here. So 
it was, you know, they were not all three of them, not all three of them were friends. So that was a little bit difficult. And I ended up not being friends with one of them anymore because, you know, time changes right. people. And one girl, I just, we don't really have anything in common anymore. So then I had the one, but then she left. So it was, it's changes, been, it was yeah. really hard. Because I feel like New York is definitely a place if you are creating a business where you thrive off of connections and networking. Yeah. So how did you kind of figure out, you know, it's how to build your network and get brands to trust you? Basically, that was probably the most difficult thing because it took a lot of like putting myself in uncomfortable situations and not really, you know, not bad ones, but just really stepping outside of my comfort zone and going to events and fashion week and all of these things by myself with absolutely no one. And I remember even pushing myself to like the first event that I had gone to by myself and thinking, I was so nervous, but I was so happy that I did it. But it was like I had to force myself to do it or else I just absolutely was not going to be able to make it. The biggest thing that I realized was that a lot of people in the influencer world have a really strong connection just based on like work experience and like where they started before they started blogging in the marketing world and fashion world. Because that's kind of like, you know, out of college, they got jobs whether or not that's being an intern at a marketing agency or being an assistant designer at a, a fashion company. So the whole world is really interconnected here, I think probably more than other places where there are strong sure, influencer yeah. communities. So I think the community is very symbiotic and I was able to go to these things and meet people really easily from all different parts mm -hmm. of the industry that I was able to make connections for my business. And so you think you are, like, would you classify yourself as an introvert, extrovert, I what is am, your personality? Type? I am an in, I, ambivert. No, it's um, I, maybe I that's don't know. Both, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm like an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. I I like to be alone. Like okay. I love being alone. My husband travels all the time, and people are always like, "Oh my gosh, like, aren't you like, don't you miss him? Aren't you alone?" Of course, I miss him, but like honestly, the alone time is like what I need to thrive. I love being alone. I love working alone. I am happy being literally just by myself. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard for me to get like actually going out there and be like making new relationships in person and connecting and all of that is like, is a chore for me and it's a struggle, but I have to do it. And when I'm in, when I'm comfortable, I'm very outgoing. I'm definitely not shy and I don't get embarrassed easily. So I have a personality that once I actually do go out and have a conversation with someone, it's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I thought you yeah. were like a bitch or <laughs> quiet or whatever, but like, you're so cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm like not yeah. shy. I'm like, I, we can talk about absolutely anything. It's just that getting from being by myself to like literally just like leaving my apartment or like leaving the office or whatever it is, is a huge step for me. I'm the same exact way. Like yeah. I think a lot of people think I'm super outgoing and social and I am, but only if I feel comfortable. Yeah, totally. And I've been in situations where, you know, where we go to events and yeah. it's a bunch of people and sometimes I'm, because I, I experience social anxiety Yeah. and I get really like to myself and I'm also the type that I thrive off of alone time. Yeah. I always need to recharge. Absolutely. Um, so it's interesting because I don't think I really knew that about you as well. Yeah. I think people would assume that I'm super outgoing, but I'm just, I, I, I guess I am and I'm not at the same time, but I've never like, for example, if I go somewhere and I'm having a hard time making a conversation with someone that's probably happened to me 
one in a million times Oh, okay. because I can have a conversation with anybody about anything. Even if I have to pull teeth, I'll do it, but I can always find a common ground with anybody. I could probably find common ground with like the homeless guy sitting on the corner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can chat up anybody about anything. It's just about like the act of getting there to do it, it. you know? So that's that. Yeah. So obviously I haven't seen you in forever. We were talking about this off air, but I feel like it's literally been like two it's been a while. It's been at least a year. I've been in for hiding sure. for like a year. Yeah. So I think um, the next question I often ask my guests after we, you know, warm up is like, what are you up to and what keeps you up at night? Because I think as New Yorkers, we are always so consumed with what's going on in our lives. We don't really take the time to just sit down like we are now to be like, hey, hey, girl, like, what's up? And it's a perfect opportunity for us to catch up as friends. So, yeah, what's... What's been going on? I know that you wrote something in your caption and your Instagram that 2019 was a difficult year. 2019 was a really hard year. It was like definitely I feel like I needed it Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because it cleaned out so much. And I know, you know, like everyone's you see those memes and everyone's like this year I'm getting rid of the bad and I'm Mm -hmm. cleaning things out. And like you can remove a few things from your life, but. I removed like almost everything. It's crazy and it's not easy to do. And I don't think I don't, I don't recommend it because I mean, in every aspect, I mean, my personal life, my business life, my friendships, my, my relationship, like every, like every single thing. Do you think it was a cautious decision where you were like, okay, you recognize that things needed to change or do you think these change happened kind of Either well, unexpectedly or just like naturally? Well, basically at the, at the end of 2018, I had a miscarriage and I was very open about it on social media. And it was a really like intense, intense experience because it wasn't necessarily like a deep sadness because of what I'd gone through, even though it was a very traumatic experience. It was like, I went off of social media, obviously, because I didn't feel well, like just for like that. It was like the month of December. I just went off of social media because it felt weird to get on social media. And like, it's one thing that we don't share something bad that happens. And then you just, you know, you're in a better mood and you share something else. And that's a part of every day. I think when anybody's on social media, regardless of if they're an influencer or not. So there was not a moment in that month just because of what I was going through that I could honestly feel comfortable. I felt like I would be lying if I got on and pretended like I was doing something exciting when I literally hadn't left my, my apartment or even my couch for like a month. So I just, I was like, I'm just not going to go on. I went radio silent. But the thing is, is that at first it's almost like a detox because you feel weird not being on social media and you have this weird feeling. And again, I think it's probably for everybody, everybody in the world pretty much uses social media. So you have this weird detox. You're like, is this okay? Do I need to check what is going on? I feel like left out what's happening. And then all of a sudden it kind of like matters less and less. And then I got to a point where I just wasn't checking my Instagram anymore. And I didn't care what other people were doing. And people were like, Oh my gosh, didn't you see that? So-and-so did this. I'm like, I haven't been on Instagram or Facebook in a month. I don't care. And I got to a point where I was like on the outside looking in And it gave me some real perspective about what my business is about, where I see the industry, how it affects people. Um, It just, it really kind of like, I had a bird's eye view for the first time ever, because I think even when Instagram was launched or people really started getting on Facebook, you get into it and then you're just kind of like in a little hamster wheel and you don't think anything is 
different outside of that little world. And it's, it's really interesting to watch from that perspective. So I, I really just stopped caring. And I was like, you know what? I, I honestly don't care. And for the first time ever, I valued my privacy more than ever. It was bizarre because I used to get excited, especially if I went on a trip or something like that. And I would think, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm going to show this and I'm going to show that. And I'm going to shoot a photo here. And I'm going to show everybody like the cool hotel that I stayed at. But when something really important would happen to me, I would like want to keep it to myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I felt this sense of pride of just being able to enjoy it with just the people that were there. So being present was like truly being present was something that I really hadn't experienced in a real way. And I think that a lot of people think, oh, I'm being trying to be more present this year and whatever. And it's, it's really hard to understand that concept unless you literally are completely removed from it because you're never really that present when you're worried about social media or what everyone else is doing. Um, and I think that's kind of in the back of your mind a little bit. So I basically just went really slowly from there and I shared very little unless I thought it was like, something that I felt other people would want to know about. And that was actually, I got a nose job this year. And I was like, well, first of all, I have no shame in that. I'm like so excited. I always wanted one, but I also thought there's probably a million people that want to know how my recovery was or what I, you know, how everything happened. And I was so happy to share it. So I shared things like that, that I thought would be really informational for people. I tried to keep it as informational as possible, but it was really just a year of like, cleaning out. And it was very emotional because when you let go of things or when things are missing from your life, it's like a breakup. It feels like a breakup. And maybe that sounds dramatic, but when you're used to doing something every single day and you're just not doing it anymore, it's weird. And there's an empty space almost, and you have to fill it. And if you're not filling it with the right things, then you can, it can be a very dangerous path. Like, obviously that's how people, I think maybe get into drugs or, start doing stupid things or making bad decisions. So anyways, it was just a really an insightful year, but it was really hard, really hard. Cause I had to take a good look in the mirror and figure and be like, I don't know. I don't really like what I'm doing. And I don't think that I'm making a good impact, like in general on <laughs> the entire female population. I mean, I don't think I'm a bad role model by any means, but there's a lot of things within the industry that I just don't like anymore and I don't have tolerance for. And it was because I, I had that moment to really think about it and think about how it was just really um, portrayed online. So anyway, no, it's been a crazy year. I'm absorbing everything you, you're <laughs> saying because I definitely, definitely can relate. Like people who know me, I have expressed several times throughout last year, just moments of not being fully content and Again, it's it's hard to say that because I'm super grateful for all the opportunities I've yeah. had. And uh, when I met you, I think I was doing a strictly fashion, and I've kind of strayed away from it also because I didn't like the industry, yeah. particularly fashion, and I felt restricted by showcasing a lot of the other values and interests that I have. So I transitioned more into lifestyle and travel. I yeah. love 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 traveling, and again, I think I did a lot of traveling last year. Super grateful, loved every single experience. But then I came to a point where I was asking myself kind of maybe what you were doing, like a self-reflection and saying, like, what is my purpose? Like, totally. what, like, what are you actually doing in the world? And maybe it's age. I'm not sure. But you come to a point where you where you want to, like, make a difference. I know it sounds cheesy. No, and everybody's it's not. Like, oh, but it's like, it's true. It's like. You okay. need a reason to wake up in 100%. the morning. And yeah. it, that at the end of the day, I think it's really strongly about that. And whatever that is, it it's what drives you. And 
if you don't feel like what you're doing makes an impact, you could have what people perceive as the coolest job in the entire world. But if you just feel like it's not, yeah, if you feel a bit empty Mm -hmm. about it, it's like you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's people are like, oh my God, how can you hate your job? It's so cool. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I can't even think about it right Mm -hmm. now. I don't want to work. And I used to love it, but I I definitely, maybe it is with age, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to be like, I'm always trying to grow and evolve and be a better person. And I think that a lot of the things that I'm doing in my business, I started with the idea of empowering women to give them job opportunities. That was the real thing with THP Marketing House was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give these girls the opportunities that I wish someone had helped me with when I was at that stage because I had made no money all those years, right? So I was like, I'm going to give these girls job opportunities and we're going to make money together. And then it transitioned into like helping influencers grow their brands. And then at the time that I just decided to take off of Instagram, I had a really like hard look in the mirror as to what I really am like enabling. And what I felt like a lot of my job was doing was helping women superficially feel like they were achieving like almost an unattainable, an unattainable dream. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, so one of the services that I was doing was helping people like improve their following. It's like, okay, but for what, you know, like what's your business plan? Do you have a business plan? Most people don't. Mm -hmm. So what am I really doing? I'm just like feeding into this ego like this ego battle of people who have more followers or want more followers. And it's like an addiction. And I felt like I was literally a drug dealer. Like that's what I feel like when I'm enabling people to like, feel like it's easy to grow a following and grow a brand and things like that. And it was, it made me feel really yucky, Mm -hmm. honestly. So, but it's actually, first of all, I didn't know obviously that you, you felt this way, but it's, admirable in a sense that you were able to take a step back as like the CEO as a founder because I think people um it's hard to dissociate emotion and business yeah and I think sometimes they might see it and say like you know what I'm successful it's working so if it's working like why question it totally but I think in a sense your like gut was you know your gut feeling wasn't maybe in par with it was strongly based on the fact that there would be, there was the client base is what was really discouraging because you can, you can invest any, any business in the world can invest a lot of money in marketing dollars, whatever that may be. Maybe it's not getting an Instagram following, but maybe it's generating sales from a billboard, right? And they can invest millions of dollars in that billboard. And the metrics are, or the price of that billboard is based on like the metrics. So like let's say the billboards on Broadway and the person who's selling you the billboards like, well, 60 million people pass this corner on Broadway every single day. So this is the price of the billboard here. But like, you can't guarantee that all of the 60 million people that are walking down the street are going to want to buy something. It's not about the marketing. Sometimes it's really heavily on the brand. And for something that I invested my entire life into basically. I mean, I took a step back from my personal brand to help everyone else grow their brands, but then the amount of people that would come back to me and be like, well, I've spent X amount of dollars and you know, they expect like their whole life to change. Like, first of all, it doesn't work like that. And it's not instant. 
It's not instant. Yeah. And any marketing agency in the world usually makes people like a regular paying com- like c- company pay like a six month to a year retainer because it does not going to happen overnight. And those types of things, it's really hard to manage expectations. So there was a time where I was just getting inundated with emails and like people were sending me messages from like group chats and they were like, this place is a scam and they just take your money and they don't do anything. And I'm like, no, I literally have all of that stuff to like, you know, first of all, not a scam. <laughs> like, yeah. like you just, you can't, it's, you can't really operate a scam online these days. Like, you know, it's, there's a lot of other things, but, um, it was just a lot of what I felt like no appreciation for the process. And there was, don't get me wrong. There were so many people that love TH3 marketing house and love all the work that we've done. But it was just a handful of like really, really, really nasty people that wanted to go out and just like get back at you. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's your brand. So you need to be the one sell like what you're selling needs to be good enough. Mm-hmm. The, your, the marketing is only as good as the, what the brand is selling, you know? So I can't turn right. <laughs> a piece of shit into, into yeah. fucking gold. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, that was really hard for me. And that was something that made me really reevaluate. Like, why do I want to work with people who are so unrealistic Mm -hmm. and that I feel like I'm feeding a monster or I feel like, you know what I mean? Enabling a child is really what it felt like. Mm -hmm. So it's been really difficult. So what is the future status right now of THP marketing? Is it? So THP marketing house is actually for sale. So, and I have potential buyers. Um, it's just that I really think that I need to focus on my brand because I've literally, it comes at a price, right? I've made a lot of money doing what I'm doing, helping other people's build their brand, other people build their brands. But at the end of the day, like my company might evolve and change and it could be last, it could last me forever. Um, but I don't know if I like agree with the whole influencer bubble and where it's going. And I don't know if I have honestly like the emotional capacity to evolve anymore Mm -hmm. and to kind of head where that's going. Um, so I feel like what I really need to do is focus on what all the things that I've done for everyone else and do them actually for myself and build my personal brand and kind of see where that takes me next because that's my next step for sure. Interesting. Just redefining it. 2020 is going to definitely be about redefining my personal brand and what that means. That's definitely, I've decided it's not necessary. It's not going to be a blogger. I don't want to be classified as that, but I'm trying to figure out what's next. Maybe it's designing clothes, but I also have a lot of issues with the clothing industry. So it's, it's really difficult. Like, you know, I think like when you say that that there's issues, that's when you can come in and change it, you know, like there, there's totally issues everywhere. And that's, how normally businesses develop, Absolutely. right? When you see like uh, a hole to be filled. I am like a hawk looking for <laughs> the next hole to be filled. Because yeah. originally that was THP Marketing House. And it, I wanted to go back to your comment that when I first started, there was like no one had, mm-hmm. there was no other small agencies in New York that were influencer only. Mm-hmm. There was like two. But then it was the same year that all the tech blew up. So I want to say like at the end of the year, there was probably like a hundred and they all had this amazing tech and I didn't have the tech and I wouldn't, I wasn't, my idea wasn't really to invest in a good technology platform. Um, so it was really just kind of like word of mouth and it, it works, it works out fine, but 
it doesn't, it didn't make sense. My same business model then didn't make sense anymore because I couldn't compete and I didn't really want to have to compete with people who had just way more resources. I wouldn't even feel good about taking money from a client being like, I can provide you this for this amount of money, but for the same amount of money, you can get all of this plus your metrics. Plus they have a whole team in place. So it didn't really make sense. My business model didn't really make sense. Okay. I know that you mentioned what kind of like bouncing off of topic, but, um, you met the Pope. Yeah. So tell me about that. So, um, in December, oh, sorry. My birthday was in November and my husband, I keep calling him. It's so weird to call him my husband. <laughs> we had a secret wedding in November. It was not, I don't want to call it the wedding. We like, we got married in November with friends and family, but like on social media, it's not ever been announced. The only people that know about it are the people that were there. Um, we'll probably announce it, but we're having our actual wedding in May. So my husband, um, surprised me with a trip to Rome for my birthday. And he was like, I want to go there and we can have our, um, marriage blessed by the Pope. And I was How like, insane I'm sorry, is what? That, so it's not really something that you can normally do. Right. That's um, what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like a thing. Like you can't it. like pay for it. You can't do anything like that. Um, but basically, uh, he, the Pope has a foundation that okay. sponsors programs for children all over the world for like sports, music, education to just, you know, like lead them on the right path and provide opportunities for them. So um, one of their partnership, I think it's probably their head of partnerships for that foundation somehow got connected with Sergio, um, who's my husband. And um, their partnership was based on the fact that Sergio has really great relationships, um, with the United Nations in New York and he, their, his foundation, um, is, is really big in the U S so they were able to create a partnership. And so now that they're officially partners with their foundations, he's able to go, um, few times a year to meet the Pope and have a meeting and talk about, you know, how to fundraise and go to these fundraisers and all that stuff. So I'm not really involved in that per se. So I don't have a whole lot of, I am sure, I hope that I explained that properly, but that's pretty much what I know. So anyway, um, he had to go there for a meeting and he was like, just come with me and, you know, I'll get you in there with me and we'll get a blessing from the Pope. And it ended up being the most crazy photo. There was like, we had an iPhone and I was like, okay, well, like we definitely have to try and get a photo of this, right. but you can't just bring first, yeah. you can't just like bring anybody mm-hmm. to meet the Pope. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like I could have brought a photographer. There was a lot of, there's always photographers there taking professional photos, but I didn't want to bank on any of that. Cause I'm like, I don't know who these people are. So we had an iPhone and we took a photo and it turned out decent. And then Sergio like zooms in on the photo and there's a lady kind of like on the exact opposite side of where he took the photo and she has a a professional camera and you can see like it's like flashed Mm -hmm. and he circles her body basically and sends it to uh, like one or two people and he's like who is that lady I want to I want to see her photos because I think she got a really good photo of us and it turned out I think you saw the ones that you posted yeah the one that I posted Yeah. We are all smiling Mm -hmm. and looking at each other at the same exact moment, which is crazy because through that entire moment, there was not a silent moment between the three of us. We were talking the whole time or moving and it was 
the way that the photo is perfectly laid where we're all touching hands. No, it looked like a moment of, yeah, not, it was not scripted. We got the, we got the photo from a stranger That's crazy. and it was like, ends up being the most, one of the, it's just honestly such an iconic, beautiful photo. It I mean, you can't even make it up. Yeah. So anyways, um, that was a great experience for me just because, um, you know, religion's not been like a huge part of my life, but I was raised Catholic. So, um, and it is, it's important to me. I think religion is great. I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't go to church every weekend, but, um, I think it's, um, a good set of rules to live by good morals and all of that structure. So, um, I definitely appreciate the Catholic religion so much. And, um, I have done a lot of research on our current Pope and he is just, a magical human being. He's so tolerant and progressive and um, he comes from such humble beginnings and he's kind of resigned to this. He, he doesn't want to live like the actual Pope life. He's like, I want to, I, I don't need all of this glamour. I just want to lead the people in the right direction. And he's just, it was a really, really great experience. So that's crazy. Yeah. I feel like you're going to remember that forever because oh my like gosh, you I know. said, it's just to get, like, I don't know. It's like, he's like, it's not even VIP. It's yeah. like another level. And you know? it's not like there's obviously been so many popes before him. Mm-hmm. And there's, it was great to say, Oh, you met the Pope, whatever. But I, he, him specifically, he, I just, there's actually a documentary. I think I, it's, it could be entertaining to absolutely anybody. It's not boring. It's not a documentary. It's a, it's a film and it's about his life. It's on Netflix right now. It's called the two, two popes. popes. Oh my God. I saw it. They were, it's, um, I think nominated for yeah. Golden Globe. And is it really good? Maybe I'll watch it. Tonight. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Okay. And it, it actually like lays out his story and you can have such an appreciation for the type of human being he is because mm-hmm. he's such a wonderful representative and it's not just for the Catholic religion. I think literally just an amazing human being that should be honored in so many other ways, just besides, you know, no, it's perfect. I have to do to tonight, the so <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it. You have to see it. It's great. Okay. So now I want to dive into, I guess, like the more serious component of the podcast. And okay. I'm sure you like kind of saw this coming. It's called the city confessions. And basically every time I have a guest on, I ask them, what is their confession? And this can be something that is like very surface level, something silly or a little more serious, but it all depends on what you want to review and share because I always preface this by saying that it's a safe environment. And I've learned that through doing this, like vulnerability is like beautiful and it's it's powerful. And that's something that I've learned to also shed my layers because I'm super private as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know if this maybe can relate to what you gone through last year or anything, but if you were to complete the sentence of like my confession is, I think so. Um, it's kind of like more of a general thing, but basically I, I had posted on Instagram. I had done a video with, um, glamour magazine where they asked me about my finances and it was, it like blew oh, was up it on the, the internet. One about, I don't know. Wait, first of all, did they reveal who it was? No, right? So they they never reveal okay. who it Are is. Are you talking about one that says like, oh, like the job and how you spend that? Yeah. Money. Okay. So I did that this year and it was an insane experience. And so how do they approach you? It's hard for me to say I have a confession because like literally I'm so open about everything and pretty much nothing else has really changed. I mean, I've been pretty open about everything else, but I wanted to touch back on that because the biggest confession I think 
one can even make because it's such a taboo topic is how much money you make and how you spend it. Because it's, first of all, it's considered rude, right? Or like, oh, you're showing off or, oh, that's not even that much money. So it's like, there's so many like different aspects of why it's inappropriate to talk about that. It's like politics and religion. Yep. You know, I already, that's I already, I already talked about religion. Might as well talk about three money. three things you don't talk about. Money, religion, yeah. politics. So um, that was like really intense for me because at first I didn't care. And I was like, who cares? I think that the reason I did it was to go out there and be like, listen, here's how much money I make. I spend 100% of it. I don't have any savings. I... Um, I'm not in credit card debt, but I have business debts, which I I pay off, but it's not crazy. But it's like, I want to just live my life in the moment. And the reason why, like a big reason why, which I didn't actually, I would never say in that video, but was that year after I went through the miscarriage and just like all of the emotions that went with it and like, just like kind of feeling like I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and my business and feeling very lost. I was like, I had a conversation with my husband and I was like, you know what, this year I'm doing whatever the hell I want because you don't even know what's going to happen next year. You don't know if you're never going to be able to have kids. You don't know if you're going to get sick and die. Like you don't, you can't take all this stuff with you. And I was responsible. I'm responsible enough to know that like, I can't do certain things. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to go crazy and spend every single dollar in my bank account, not knowing when I'm going to get paid next on a pair of shoes. I mean, I've definitely done that like a million times, but I will do that knowing like I'm going to get paid on Friday or something like that. Like, so I'm not really so irresponsible and I have health insurance and I have business insurance and I have things like that in place to help me in case something happens. So I'm not so irresponsible, but I thought it was really going to be reassuring to women that like, you don't have to have your shit together. You don't have to have $50,000 in the bank to feel okay about where you're going in life. Because all of the things that I was seeing online was like, oh yes, I have like IRAs and 401ks and uh, I have an investment here and I have an investment there. And I'm like, first of all, good for you. I appreciate that you're out there doing that and being comfortable and showing what a great example of responsible adulthood is Mm -hmm. like, but not everybody's. I know just from my friends, honestly, like I would say nine out of 10 do not have any savings, do not make enough money to have any savings, would still like to enjoy their lives, but like just can't. Or I do have the friends that are saving like a hundred percent of their money and have never left the country and live in a really small, dark, sad apartment. And they often feel very resentful of like their life because they're like, I went to a four-year university and I actually make a lot of money, but I pay everything in taxes and student loans and I can't like live my life. So I wanted to just go out there and be like, there's no right or wrong way to live your life, but you, but like actually spelling out what that means was such a nightmare because I wanted, I did it so that I could share the video on social and I did. And it went so crazy that people were like writing me the nastiest, craziest, meanest, like most threatening things. There was, there were things like followers. Are you talking about just people who have seen the video and just people were coming out of the woodworks that had, that were not my followers. So I, I did notice that the majority of the, um, majority of the followers, I'm sorry, the majority of the mean comments were not from my followers. Cause I would check, like I would click them. So what was the actual reaction? Just like, it was just like, you're broke. 
like you're a fucking loser. Sorry, I'm like I don't know it's if you're fine. cursing yeah, on your thing. I like you're a loser. Like you need to get your life together. You're wasting your life. How or like how can you possibly live so lavishly when people have so little? And it's like I'm sorry, but my husband literally is a philanthropist and dedicates his entire life to like helping underprivileged. So let's not have right. a conversation about that. But you know, like it was just the array of different things. So my biggest, I think, that, like the most nerve-wracking thing for New Yorkers as a confession. As a New Yorker, I think it's not weird when you ask somebody how much they pay for rent because oh, everybody no. People knows. People ask that all the time. People, I think that's like a normal also, conversation, but you would never ask that to anybody else. And when I came out and like talked about it, it's like people like really didn't understand. People in New York kind of got it. They were like, well, that's really expensive. So but they were targeting specifically like the rent one? They had a really hard, really, 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 really hard time with the rent. That is so weird because I also, like I, I told you I moved here in July. Yeah. And- a lot of people have visited me, and actually, that's like the first question they ask yeah. me is like, "How much?" But is that's your a New York thing, right? Yeah. I think it's yeah. like not weird to ask someone no, in New York I because I think we all we're all in the same pool, yeah. and we know how expensive it mm-hmm. is to live here. Um, but that was, I mean, the messages and the emails it, when it was crazy, and that. But it's crazy to think that. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you know that when you have something out there, somebody, everybody, somebody has. Everybody has something to say. Yeah. But I think it's, um, at the end of the day, it's like, it's your life. Yeah. And it's how you choose to live. Totally. And I also like live with, my husband's 45 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, but like, he's been working for a long time. Like he makes good money. I make good money. I don't feel like spend, I don't feel like saving every single penny I have to live in an underground apartment. Like I literally have a friend who lives in an apartment that is legitimately underground no I we call it like Las Vegas <laughs> like a Las Vegas um casino because you don't know if it's day <laughs> or night when you leave and it's like three thousand dollars a month okay. you know like yeah. that's to me I would rather not have any money in my savings account and like go travel and do all these things and live in an apartment that's above ground than mm-hmm. you know maybe I think that also it's an entrepreneur mentality because I'm so used to not knowing when I get paid that I'm okay being uncomfortable about my finances. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people that have a regular job, they're not comfortable not knowing when they're going to get paid next, not knowing that they don't have health insurance. It's coming out of their paycheck. Like we have to deal with all of those things being on our own. So I think that inherently comes with that job. You just are always uncomfortable about money. So you're a little more suited to that lifestyle. But anyways, as far as confessions go, I don't really have a new one, but like talking about rent, rent in New York, I think is a really, I find it to be a fascinating comment. comment. Like I just, I think it's so fascinating. I think the concept of money is fascinating. Absolutely. And I personally think, I mean, I have a really healthy relationship with the concept of money. And I think a lot of people don't, which is why they shy away from talking about it. Totally. And I have a very uncomfortable relationship with money, which is why I thought that it would be amazing to share that because I think that like being like having a good relationship with money is obviously the best thing. And Mm -hmm. those, I think those conversations should be had more, but at the same time, like it, I think it makes people feel bad when they're not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, God, how do I get there? How do I pay yeah. off my credit card bill? How do I do this? How do I do that? And it's like, just kind of wanted to show people that it's okay to not have your shit together, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, New York is crazy because that's the one thing I haven't really gotten used to. And I 1000%, my biggest, 
the person who I admire the most in this world is a woman, any woman living in New York City and making it on her own without a roommate. Like, I honestly wouldn't be able to do that. I know I'm fully capable of admitting that, that I don't think I would have made it in New York without my husband because he lived in a nice apartment before that. And I was like shocked to understand how much rent costs. When I was living in San Diego, I was like, my apartment was $26.50. And I remember thinking that that was like the most I was ever going to spend on an apartment. And it was like a nice apartment. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had like an ocean view. I mean, it was a legit apartment. I remember thinking like, okay, well, I'm going to live in this nice apartment. If something happens with my job, it's okay. I'll just like move to a different one. It's not a big deal. I'll just move down. Like that's like the starting price for apartments (laughs) here. I'm like, and it's like, you know, um, that was, that's been a really hard thing. But my, I'm telling you when I meet a woman who's like, yeah, I'm like, on my own and I make my own money and I have my own apartment. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm obsessed with you. You're so cool. Cause I just, I, I, I don't yeah. know if I would have been able to make it. It's a tough town. It is. Wow. You just yeah. like unpacked some, <laughs> but I love it. Cause I like, I feel like I don't really know you. Yeah. You know? So it's like good to get this just to let you. Just well, talk. whenever we see each other, it's like at an event and it's yeah. about work and, and like just what's talk. going on. It's small yeah. talk. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to just take a moment now to kind of like look you in the eye <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on. And for from doing this, I realized like time is so valuable for people. And just going back to what you were saying that maybe you are more of like a homebody. So the fact that you trooped it out to Brooklyn, this I, is really far. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. If I can't get it delivered, I normally don't do it. So this is a big deal. I know. No. So I do appreciate it. No. And um, I think that, you know, even since like, the first time I met you, I always thought you were this like badass, like hustler. And I still do. You know, like I feel like you're such a hustler. I love that you have such a business perspective because not many people do. And that is what probably um like grab like how do I say this? Like made you so successful in New York. Because like I said, I don't think New York is for everybody. No, it's not. And I think um just on the last note, I think they for me I've always found success in the fringes, you know, it's not like what everyone else is doing. You can tell me that two plus two equals four, but I'll tell you how one plus 0.5 plus 0.7 plus one equals, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like I'll, I'll show you a different way to do it. And that's how I'm making money. And I feel like if people really do think that way, New York is the place where you can make up your own equations Mm -hmm. and make your own success and do literally anything in the world Mm -hmm. that you want to do. So it is such a beautiful place to be to do that. But if you're not really in the mindset and you don't, you can't like stay on the hamster wheel, it's really, really a difficult place to be. Yeah. So I have two more questions before we wrap up. So the second to last is what is the one thing you love most about yourself? Because I'm always trying to get people to look in the mirror, but in this time in a positive way. Um, Ooh, that's a toughie because to be honest, I'm having very bad body image right now. Um, my physical self or my whole self? Whatever you want. It can be personality trait. It can be a physical thing. It can be just, um, Ooh, Ooh. Um, I definitely, I can't pinpoint one thing, but I just think that like my heart and soul is sincerely like the my favorite thing about myself I work on it all the time it's honestly like my favorite project it's like if you had a hobby and you would like work on I don't know building Legos or something and you're or doing a puzzle in your spare time like that's how I feel about like my um my well-being and my growth as a human being so that's like one of my biggest hobbies is really just trying to figure out ways how to improve how I can 
be a better person, um, whether that's literally through my relationships or just just improving how I communicate with people Mm -hmm. or being like um, forgiveness and things like that. Um, So I think that my ability to evolve and, and be able to really look from the outside and be really introspective is, is one of my favorite things. Definitely my favorite thing about myself for sure. And I know you mentioned, you just made a comment about like body image, but like, I'm literally looking at you like throughout this whole podcast. And I was like, you're so like attractive. (laughs) (laughs) I know that sounds so weird, but I took this class, this fashion class in college. And they said that there's actually a formula to determine attractiveness and obviously it's like symmetry yeah but, but i have, actually pay for the symmetry but it doesn't matter i know that but you're I, like <laughs> no i was looking at you and i was like oh my god like even your eyebrows like every like yeah you're just literally really i'm actually super unsymmetrical and i know what formula you're talking about and i've actually been i'm very interested in it because yeah. it has a lot to do with like human psychology mm-hmm. and yep. physiology yep. and all of that stuff but um it's all, no, it doesn't uh, it's, matter. It's though. a good investment. No, my face, I'm actually very happy with my face. It's like the rest of my no, body. No, you're like, like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, she's like, just so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> made my day. Oh. Okay. So now that we are wrapping this up, what can the listeners be on the lookout for? What does Alyssa have in store for 2020? This is launching in February. So, so this year is a big, big deal because I'm getting married this year. So I'm already married, but the wedding is my husband and I, we have decided that the wedding is really like, it's not just a wedding. It's really kind of like a coming out party for us as a couple. Like we have such high aspirations for our lives, the business wise and family wise, I've just started watching dynasty and I'm like, we are starting a (laughs) dynasty. Like, and so part of where our spending, like a lot of, I mean, you can probably, you can usually tell how much someone spends on a wedding just by how it is. We're spending, we're investing. I would, I would like to call it investing a lot of money into our wedding as a way to just kind of like a coming out for like our brand. And we have so many cool ideas for business and it's going to be a great year. And I'm really looking forward to rebranding my personal brand, which I haven't nailed down yet, but it's always a moving process. So there's going to be a lot of changes, but all amazing, fun things that I hope people can enjoy the journey with. And is the wedding in New York? It's in Barcelona. We were just talking about Barcelona too. That's crazy. It's going to be amazing. We're doing it in a castle. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. I'm going to leave all of Alyssa's information in the description. Make sure you follow her. And if you like this episode, you can connect with her, right? Yeah. And yeah. So thank you so much again for being on. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for the next one. Bye.